TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Kristoff, chiropractor. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. <laughs> this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness to our lives. And uh, this is going to be a very interesting episode because um, I actually wasn't on the call for this one. This is uh, you're actually not here. Right? I'm not actually here. You're hearing my <laughs> voice, but I'm actually not here. No, this was recorded back in the future. This is back in the future. So yeah. the, the backstory is that I remember from episode one. If you've been a fan of us since episode one, when we said to you that we we're going to bring a whole bunch of um, guests on our show, and one of the people that we wanted to bring on the guest, we just didn't think it was going to take 96 episodes to get there <laughs> to actually get bring That's this guest true. on board. But, however, we did finally bring our special guests uh, to the show. But unfortunately, we landed the big fish. We landed the big yeah, fish. That's right. Unfortunately, I wasn't available for this interview because I actually had some personal issue with. Um, actually, my my daughter got accepted to a private school, and she so did. we had to uh, you know do an interview. So um, I couldn't be there. Family first, as always. Never in doubt. I'll tell you, never in doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. And thing. she's also got porcelain skin. So why wouldn't you pick her? She does got porcelain skin, actually. Um, so the, you guys are going to get to hear uh, are the famous. Bruce Lipton. Now, let's yeah. talk, talk a little bit about Bruce Lipton uh, before we head into the interview. Um, I actually haven't heard the interview, but I was told by the boys that um, it, it was very good, of course. I wouldn't expect yeah. anything less. But more importantly, um, they make fun of me somewhere in between. So you have to find <laughs> it so you can listen to it. Um, but uh, from I was exposed to Bruce Lipton uh, when he wrote the book, The Biology of Belief, uh, Unleashing the Power of, of Consciousness, Matter, and Miracles in 2005. And that book transformed the you know just transform my mind in terms of thinking in terms of changing he was able to basically talk about changing your mind which and your thoughts actually changed the way your biochemistry is in your body and i thought that was fascinating um damien you had real good contacts with uh, bruce when you studied at new zealand uh, do you want to just give us the, the fans a little bit of insight before we head into this interview about bruce Oh, Bruce and his wife are two of the kindest people ever meet. They've got time like there's no one else. And so whenever you asked a question of Bruce, you would get a, you know, almost a one or two hour long answer. And it was just amazing because not only could you read his books or watch the movies that it appeared in or watch many of his videos that he's, uh, he's done, you actually got access to the man himself. And it, he's just such an incredibly genius mind. Um, and, and you pose anything to him, he's got this wonderful way of actually bringing the context into co- into a concept that just oh it just reframes everything it, it it brings so much clarity it's great excellent so without further ado you got to prepare your seat buckle your seat belts because it's going to be pretty full-on interview i can guarantee you when you listen to bruce limpton and it's gonna be the first one without uh, me so that's going to be even better just with brett anything, and anything could happen lt yeah, <laughs> anything you should happen. wait you wait till you wait to listen to it <laughs> yeah well, i can't wait now all right guys so here's the interview so, Bretto, this is exciting. We've got Dr. Bruce Lipton, a champion in the world of everything, really. You know, anything that's conscious or even unconscious, subconscious, <laughs> Bruce Lipton is the man. And welcome to the Wellness Guys show, Bruce. It's great to have you here. Damien, Brett, uh, uh, Lawrence, I am so happy to, to be on this show because you guys are, are putting into action all the things that I write about in regard to our future health and, uh, and happiness on this planet. So I'm very much uh, honored to be with all of you. Wow. Wow. That's, that's an awesome compliment coming from someone like you, Bruce, because as you would know, we are massive fans of yours and we've loved your journey. We've loved your books. We've loved the talks you've done for us at various different seminars of just 
honestly blown us away. I can remember the first time my wife and I heard you speak, and uh, and we were just blown away. We, it was at the end of the day at, at Dynamic Growth, one of the chiropractic conferences. I can remember going back to the hotel room and literally just lying down on the bed because I just needed some time to try and get my brain back into gear because you just you just blew my mind. You you ripped it apart and put it back together, and it was amazing. So. Tell us about your journey, Bruce. Obviously, Damien and I know it very well, but for our fans, tell us about where you started, You know your research background, how this, all, how this journey all began. Well, if I really go back to the very, very beginning, the fact was uh, uh, growing up in a world where science and spirit seemed to offer all the wisdom of our planet, and I started listening to spiritual people talk and started recognizing it in my young mind of a child that uh, while the words sounded really good, their lives never really matched what they were talking about. Uh-huh. That gave me a little bit of a push towards science because I always found uh, people, when they talk science, uh, so-called scientific truth, it's, it's true on this side of the world, it's true on the other side of the world, you know, and so basically everybody gets to agree on it. So I, I let go of spirit completely and went into the sciences and ended up doing research on uh, uh, microscopy is what I started with, the microscopic structure of cells, and then I got into the electron microscopic structure of cells, which is like uh, going into deep space in reverse, uh, going down to the, the atoms and molecules of life. And in this process, I also started cloning stem cells. And this was back in 1967, so that was like 45 years ago. Uh, I was cloning stem cells, and I did this one experiment, and it's so profound that it's just people need to hear it because you don't have to be a rocket scientist to get the aha. Um, basically, I put one stem cell, which is the equivalent of an embryonic cell. Uh, all of us have stem cells in our bodies for a very important reason, and that is every day we lose hundreds of billions of our cells just from aging and, and trauma, etc. And we have to replace them. So whatever age you are, you're still growing every day because you still need to replace hundreds of billions, which is a number. It's easy for me to say, but it's a number that's so hard to really, really comprehend. Hundreds of billions of cells every day. Where do the new cells come from? And the answer is, well, they're called stem cells. And, and stem cells are actually just embryonic cells. Uh, it's, it's hard to cells when a, a person is an adult. So uh, interestingly, you, a minute before you're born, I do a tissue section and say, there's an embryonic cell. And a minute after you're born, I do the same tissue section, see the same cell, go, oh, there's a stem cell. Uh, and and only, the names change because once you're born, no more embryos. So uh, uh, stem cells and embryonic cell multipotential. So here's an experiment, very simple. I put one stem cell in a Petri dish all by itself, and it divides every 10, 10 12 hours. Hours. And so first is one and then two, four, eight, 16, 32. It keeps doubling. And after a week, I got about 50,000 cells in the Petri dish. The most important understanding is that all the cells are genetically identical because they come from the same parent. So it's like 50,000 siblings, identical twins. Uh, and um, here's what the experiment is. I take the cells out of that cold tradition, split the cells into three different Petri dishes, and I change the environment uh, in each dish and the environment, uh, cells are like fish. They live in an aquarium. So when you cut yourself open, all the fluids run out, uh, to grow cells, I have to make a a fluid environment to match as best I can the, the fluid in the body. So we call that culture medium. And I, so I have, uh, three dishes of uh, genetically identical cells, but I feed them uh, a slightly different culture medium, changing the chemistry a little bit in each of the three dishes. 
And in one dish, the cells form muscle. In the second culture environment, the cells form bone. And in the third culture environment, the cells form fat cells. And uh, this happened back like a, you know, like 1970 when I'm looking at these cells. And the whole idea about it was, wait a minute, I'm teaching in in school to to college kids that genes control life. And here's an experiment that is so profoundly simple is genetically identical cells, three different environments, three different fates. Uh, And as you're pretty aware of at this moment, uh, the fate of the cell wasn't in the built into the genetics. It was built into the environment. And it's a dialogue uh, that the organism has with the environment that influences the genetics uh, of that organism. So uh, a very simple thing, because this is profoundly important about health. I take a, a dish of, of my cells uh, in a, my plastic culture dish, and I take it from a very good environment that I grow it in, and I, I change the environment and make it less than optimal, a, a bad environment, so to speak. And if you look at the cells after I put them in this bad environment, they start to get sick and they die. And uh, it, it, the kind of joke that I think about is like if there was a, a, an allopathic doctor that would do house visits to look at my cells, yeah. they would show up and look at the cells and say, Bruce, your, your cells are sick and uh, we should give them some medicine. <laughs> and, and that's where I laugh because I say, here's what you do. You take the dish of cells uh, from the bad environment put it back into the good environment and the cells spontaneously and instantly and innately will get well again. There's a very simple, simple point to this whole thing that the health of the organism is generally uh, a reflection or complement to the environment of that organism. And this becomes very important because in our traditional understanding of medicine and health, uh, when the body, the vehicle, so to speak, breaks down, uh, we have a tendency to blame the parts. Oh, you know, cardiac failure. Oh, the heart created a problem. Okay. Uh, oh, diabetes. Oh, it's the, the insulin secreting cells in the pancreas. They're the problem. And it turns out these, this is really very unlikely. As a matter of fact, less than 5% of health issues have anything to do with our genetics uh, as a primary mover of any of it. 90 to 95% of health is how we respond to the environment. Bruce, and, that, uh, yes. that's a hugely profound statement. And I, look, it doesn't take me by surprise because I've heard you say that before and I, and I just I sing to the heavens when I hear that, that statement because it puts us back in control. And I think that what medicine has done through the ages has taken the uh, ability of the human to be able to take control of their own life and they've made it all so fatalistic so that well you've got this and your mum and dad's got that and so yeah just get prepared because you're going to have the same thing unless you take these drugs or chop that part of your body out and it's made people feel quite disempowered but what you're saying here is that people have the ability to control which is what you call or what, what is known as epigenetics can you tell us more about that yeah, uh, basically, uh, the, the, the old science, which, you know, the conventional stuff we just talked about, uh, is a science built on a, 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 uh, an understanding called genetics or genetic control, which uh, simply means control by genes, genetic control. Uh, and, and that led us into the victim thing, because as far as we know, we didn't pick the genes we came with. And if we don't like our traits, just can't go change the genes. So basically, all of a sudden, we realize, oh, my God, the genes are controlling my life and I have no control. Voila, you're a victim. And and this is the critical part because when you perceive yourself as a victim, there's a necessary connection. And that is you look for a rescuer who is going to come and take charge 
of you and this is where the medical profession steps in and says look uh you're a biological organism you're frail you're vulnerable bacteria germs all these things can take over your system uh, and we believe that when it totally turns out to be totally false and there's a new science as you brought up called epigenetics and you say well, what's the difference genetics epigenetics and i go well simply epi means above so, you know, the the word for skin in medical school is, is called epidermis. And the reason is just below the surface skin is a, a layer called the dermis. So skin is epidermis, above the dermis. So if we go back to, I say, genetic control, controlled by genes. Then I say epigenetic control, the new science, epigenetic control. What I'm saying is control, and epi is above, control above the genes. And this is the revolution uh, that you were, you were just talking about. It's a revolution in this is because what is it above the genes that, that control the genes? And it turns out is our nervous system uh, is interfacing the environment and our nervous system is sending signals to the cells. Uh, and these signals are controlling the behavior and the genetics of the cell. So the signals from above are from the nervous system, and uh, they control the biology. Well, this becomes profoundly important because allopaths would say, oh, oh, oh you've got a, a problem, let's say, with uh, uh, diabetes, and it's like, oh, your insulin-secreting cells are the problem. And now we know that actually pretty much diabetes type 2 is just lifestyle. It's your, it's your nervous system above your pancreas that's controlling diabetes. Uh, and therefore, we really have to start looking at the simple reality. I'm the one that controls my lifestyle. And if lifestyle controls my genetics, then I am the one who is the master over my biology and this as you brought up is the profound difference between conventional thought i'm the victim of my genes and epigenetics i am the master controller of my genes and this re-empowers me because it gives me the opportunity to take back uh, charge of my health and so bruce let, let's just make this really clear because i know there's people listening who are thinking hey you know i've been told that i've got a family history of cancer or that i've got genes that are predisposing me to heart disease or you know whatever it is so so we're saying to these people that, that that's not a life sentence that that's your genetic blueprint but it doesn't have to be your your life reality and that really what what can control that is your lifestyle is that fair to say that's, a, that's not only fair, that's actually 100% correct to say. Uh, and this becomes very important because uh, since we see that the nervous system controls our biology, then it's the perceptions of the nervous system which actually determine the biology we have. If we change our perceptions or attitudes or beliefs about life, then by definition we change the, uh, the relationship of the nervous system to the body and in this process, change the control of the cells. And most people out there are already familiar with it because we talk about it and then put it in some little side drawer and conveniently forget about the fact of uh, something we call the placebo effect. Yeah. Uh, and the placebo effect is simply that uh, uh, you have this illness. I say I have this magic drug. Uh, you believe this is the drug that's going to heal you. I give you this drug. You get healed. And then later you find out that the drug was just a sugar pill. The, the simple truth then is what healed you in that process? And of course, it wasn't the sugar pill. It was you. It was your thoughts, your positive uh, expectation of this outcome. And, and everyone's familiar with it. In fact, medicine acknowledges just very cleanly and openly one-third 
of all medical interventions that result in healing, one third of them are absolutely due to the placebo effect and not the impact of the physician or the drugs or all that stuff. And it's probably a lot more. But while we're on that, just for a second, uh, um, I just want to offer this as well. We talk about the placebo effect and almost everyone's out there. Yes, I've heard of that. I'm familiar with it. And it's like, well, what does it represent? The simple truth is this. It's your belief system. It was the belief that the pill healed you. And then I say, well, that's really interesting. I say, well, that's the result of a positive belief. I go, yes, that's really what it's all about. And then you might say, well, what about a negative belief? And this is the most important thing that I could leave you with at this minute. And that is this. A negative belief is equally powerful in controlling our health as a positive belief, but it works in the opposite direction. Well, the positive belief called the placebo uh, belief will bring about a healing it turns out that negative beliefs uh, turn turn around and actually are very powerful, but they generate illness and they can even kill you. So basically, it's not the power of positive belief or the power of negative belief. It's the power of belief. Since belief is controlled by ourselves, and again, uh, as you brought up earlier, once we understand that our belief is actually controlling our biology, then we are in a position to recognize, yes, but I'm the one that has a belief. I'm the one that can change the belief. And if I buy into a negative belief, I will manifest a negative outcome. If, uh, that's called the nocebo effect. Uh, in contrast to uh, having a very positive belief and experiencing a very positive outcome, which is the placebo effect, uh, both of them come down to to us as individuals and uh and it's time for us to take back the responsibility because we have been programmed in our development to believe that others are in charge of our health Uh, if you didn't grow up in a chiropractic family uh (laughs) which is uh, unfortunate because now that i'm uh you know i'm not a chiropractor but boy i'm sure i'm sure seeing some wonderful healthy young people come from chiropractic families because of the way they grow up uh if, if you come from a conventional family most everyone is familiar with the fact that when somebody was sick in the family the, what you heard consistently was, oh, uh, Billy's sick. We, we have to take him to the doctor. Or, Mommy's sick. She has to go to the doctor. What people don't recognize is during our developmental period, the first seven years, when we hear these statements, they become recorded into our subconscious, which controls our biology. Uh, and what does the statement actually allude to? It alludes to the fact that when you're sick, you don't take care of it. When you're sick, somebody else takes care of it. And, and then, and we buy into that. Uh, and I love to just finish with this because it's a joke and it's funny. Because uh, most, most people hear, yes, uh, Billy's sick. We have to take him to the doctor. Mommy or daddy has to go to the doctor. Uh, the joke is no one said the doctor had to do anything. You just have to go. And, and, the, and the joke turns out how many people get well on the way to the doctor or in the doctor's office. And it's it's universal experience. And you say, well, what's that all about? And the answer is this. As chiropractic teachers, you're innately capable of healing yourself. Yes, we are born with that ability. And then I say, and then you get a developmental programming that says, before you heal yourself, you have to go to the doctor. <laughs> and, and, and again, the joke is, doctor didn't have to do anything you just had to go yeah yeah and we love this stuff bruce obviously you're speaking our language yeah you're talking about the innate intelligence of the body you're talking about chiropractic you're talking about the importance of the the nervous system and and obviously this is just right up our alley we're loving this so one question i've got for you though bruce is is around this idea of perception and and if people want to know more about that they've just got to get your book the biology belief and have a read of that because that is just a fantastic and a mind-blowing book so you've got to get that and, and read it 
But uh, but one of the things I find is that some people think that that it's all about perception. That you know, it doesn't really matter what sort of lifestyle I lead. That it's all about how I choose to perceive and you know how I choose to think about that lifestyle that matters. And and other people seem to think that well, your perception isn't really that important. It's just about your lifestyle, and you get that right, and it's all going to be okay. You know, what's your take on that, Bruce? Well, there's this thing called consciousness that we, we talk about, and, and we say a conscious, that person is conscious, that person is unconscious, and that gives us a lot of latitude. What the heck is consciousness? And I, I would have to say that consciousness is not a one thing. It's a sliding scale uh, uh, you know, the very simple elemental consciousness, and then you go up the scale to greater and greater levels of consciousness. And what this really means is this, is that the degree of how conscious a person is, is a direct reflection of how powerful they are in manifesting the world in which they live. Uh, and I bring that up very importantly because if I was going to say, look, if you become fully conscious, uh, and I say, well, who's fully conscious? And I say, well, I personally don't know anybody fully conscious. But let's consider somebody like, uh, uh, let, let's conf- uh, consider a figure like Jesus, uh, you know, as a figure. And I say, let's say he was fully conscious. I go, yeah. And I say, what does that mean? He says, well, does he have to eat? No, not really. Can he walk on water? Well, if he wants to. Can he heal himself? Yes, he can do that. As a matter of fact, we can all do that. But but the whole point about it is this. Um, if I say to Jesus, uh, what are you eating? And he says, uh, uh, I'm eating a Krispy Kreme donut and I'm having a cigarette. Uh, and, and then you go, wow, that's really toxic. And I would go, you know, for him, for him, no. Because the more conscious you become, the more powerful you are over your body. But then I said, we're not at that level. And then, Bruce, do you uh, think it's possible yeah. for a fully conscious person to eat a Krispy Kreme donut and have a cigarette? Absolutely. Absolutely. But then I said, who's fully conscious right away? <laughs> I don't know who that is right now. I, I remember <laughs> back in 2000 and 2002 it was, Bruce, I moved to New Zealand to study to be a chiropractor. And at that stage, I was sleeping on the floor at a good friend of ours' house, and actually the host of a new podcast coming up called Om One Minute Mindfulness. And um, uh, Vicky Kelly, you know her very well. Oh, absolutely. And I was sleeping on Brian and Vicky's floor, and um, and I must have had a, a, a lazy morning, and Vicky said, why don't you do something productive? And she whips, whips a, a, a VCR, uh, like a tape out, and, and plugs it in. This guy with long hair comes on and introduces you. And I go, who's this Bruce Lipton character? And so I, I watched this and I said, so I got to the end of it and I was a bit blown away by it because at this stage I was a naturopath and for me everything was in an allopathic sense but just as a natural alternative, you know, because that's what naturopaths do. They, they tend to treat conditions and so that was where my mindset was. And Vicky said, it's all, you know, it's a lot of it's to do with your, it's all to do with your belief system, she said. And she goes, that's why I can eat chocolate and it doesn't make my bum big. That's what she said. <laughs> and, she, and she's absolutely right because it's the exact same thought that says, oh, the flu is going around. Oh, I can't get it. I don't have, you know, I can't, I don't have time for this stuff. And the fact is, is it, then all of a sudden, guess what? You don't get it. That's it. Uh, if you expect to get it, uh, then all of a sudden you get it. And then the question is this, well. Uh, was it the flu that was different from one person? Or the, is the person different and the flu the same? Or, or is the person, uh, you know, uh, what's controlling it? And it turns out it's controlled by your perception and your belief and our immune system and our nervous system and all the tissues and organs in our body uh, perform according to to the directions uh, uh, of the nervous system. And uh, the significance about that is then you say, well, if the nervous system is controlling all this, then uh, why, why don't I have heaven on earth? You know, if, because I wouldn't want this crummy situation that exists. I want to have heaven on earth. And, uh, and the fact is, well, you could have heaven on earth, but your programming 
uh, has, you know, was not under your control because you got programmed in the first seven years of your life. And it's the programs that went into your subconscious at that time period that turn out to control 95% of our lives. And that's why the issues are people say, well, I, I, this is what my wish and my desire is. And I go, that's really great. Uh, and I say, well, that, that comes from the conscious mind versus the subconscious. And the conscious mind in a conventional state only works about 5% of the time. And that most of our life is controlled by the invisible programs called subconscious below the consciousness. Uh, and, and these programs were mainly derived from others. So there's this belief in our head that we're running our lives with our wishes and desires. And, and it's invisible to us that we're actually only using that 5% of the time. And what I, I'd like people to get an understanding of, because when you talk about this like new agey kind of idea, yes, you, you're controlling your life and you manifest your life and, and people bring up, yeah, but I wouldn't have created this. Yes, <laughs> and the fact is, yeah. But let's let's go back to uh, a time where you fell head over heels in love with somebody, and uh, this is actually the subject of of a new book of mine coming out May first called "The Honeymoon Effect: The Science of Creating Heaven on Earth." I say, okay, put your mindset back to a time you fell head over heels in love. I mean, you just got knocked out, man. It was this great love affair thing going on with you. And uh, I say, if you get back to that time where you were just experiencing this, and I say, were you healthy? Almost everybody exclaims they were exuberantly healthy during that time period. And I say, did you have energy? And they all laugh because they know that uh, they made love for days uh, without stopping for food or sleep. Uh, and then I say, was life so beautiful when you were in love like that that you couldn't wait for the next day to have more? And they go, yeah, yeah. And I go, well, that you created, that was heaven on earth for you. It was that honeymoon was heaven on earth. And... and most people who have had that experience, uh, they can relate and recognize that, that no matter how crummy their life was up until they met this particular individual, at the moment they met them, voila, the whole life changed around, you know, it's like now it's beautiful, sunny days and love and all that kind of stuff. And I go, that was not an accident or coincidence. That was a manifestation uh, where you have become mindful. Uh, meaning you don't let your conscious mind wander, uh, which is the reason why uh, we only control our lives 5% with a conscious mind because it's always thinking about something and not paying attention. It turns out 95% of the time, in fact. Uh, and when the conscious mind is not paying attention, the default shifts to the behaviors programmed in the subconscious mind. And those are put in there uh, from by da being downloaded directly, actually, by observing our, our parents, our family, our community when we were growing up. It wasn't our beliefs. We were downloading other people's behaviors. So when we're not paying attention, we're not playing the wishes and desires of our conscious mind. We're creating from the behaviors programmed by others. Well, what happens when you just create from the conscious mind wishes and desires? I go, that's what science has now revealed, that... When you had that honeymoon experience, when you fell in love like that, it's the one time in your life where essentially you operate almost exclusively from the conscious mind rather than 5% like on a daily basis. Uh, when you're falling in love, it's 90% or more of your behavior is controlled by your conscious mind. Well, that's the mind with your wishes and your desires in it. Well, guess what? Two people are operating nearly 100% from the mind that has wishes and desires. What do they manifest? wishes and desires and that's why this honeymoon showed up so the whole point was this the honeymoon wasn't an accident or coincidence it was a period in your life 
where you ran it from the conscious mind and you were in total control of your health and the creation of the life you had. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, most people recognize, yeah, that, that period where all that uh, love and juiciness was that we, we called in the book the honeymoon period, the, uh, it, for most people it goes away. And life becomes, well, we're still in love, but it's not that same uh, heaven-on-earth joy that you started out with. It becomes more or less like everyday life, but you, but you have love. I didn't say it goes away that way. Are you going to uh, teach us how to get back to that point, Bruce? Is that what you're going to do in this book, in the new book coming up, The Honeymoon well, Effect? Is that what's well, going to happen? Because I, I reckon if that's your promise, there'll be a million books sold, pre-ordered. With, you're going to have to sign a lot of first edition copies, I've got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is the intention because... Uh, uh, I have to tell you, I, I wrote this book more or less, uh, not just from the scientific part of it, but also from my personal experiential part of it, because I, I was already nearly 50 years old and, and had come to the firm conclusion that love was some more or less a Hollywood notion and it was stories made up or, uh, you know, of, uh, of, of fiction and that people tried to live into the fiction. So I justified it. Oh, yeah, you know, that's it's not real. Uh, and then I met my partner, Margaret, and uh, that whole world turned upside down for me. And I started to recognize uh, what the issue was, which is in the book, uh, is that we sabotage, we have a honeymoon when, when we are operating from the conscious mind because that's every behavior is controlled by our personal wishes and desires. But as life gets busy around you, your mind starts to wander to deal with everyday life's necessities. And as your mind, conscious mind is wandering, you default to the subconscious. Well, that's when the honeymoon starts to fall apart because remember the behavior that's programmed in the subconscious, not your wishes and desires. It's what you downloaded by observing other people. And so the behavior when you're not paying attention isn't even yours. It's somebody else's and usually not really very good. <laughs> so basically when you're not paying attention, new behaviors show up in what was the honeymoon and so these new behaviors Bruce, sabotage it. Yeah. Bruce, we're almost out of time. So I'm just going to, I just wanted to jump back a little bit and just ask you one more question, which was about, yeah. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of wellness experts talking about, I guess, uh, you know, diabetes or heart disease or things like that as being a healthy response to an unhealthy environment. But it seems like you're suggesting maybe that's not quite right, that, that maybe a healthy response is not to do that at all, regardless of the environment. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, because the whole idea is that, look, there are people who can walk across the hot coals and, don't, and they don't burn themselves, and there are people that walk across the coals and burn themselves. And I say, okay, uh, what's the difference between the two besides the pain? Uh, and the difference between the two is simply this. Uh, the one with the perception and belief that is empowering their biology that walks across with consciousness walks across with the belief, I am not going to get burned, and they don't get burned. The other people walk across with hesitancy and doubt. Uh, and anticipate that they're going to get burned and then they get burned. So the bottom line comes down to this is like we have been programmed to be disempowered. We are more powerful than we even recognize. And the, the significance about that is that we have to overcome this programming, which, which in chiropractic is very essential because uh, even D.D. Palmer back in 1895 uh, described the fact that uh, what he referred to as the educated mind, which in today's 
science, I would say, is the subconscious mind, uh, is that the sub subconscious mind interferes with our health because of the programming is not supporting us. Uh, and this turns out to be true. And so it's time for re-educating the conscious mind, new science and new understanding instead of the stuff we were programmed with. And uh, of course, I hope that's what uh, is going on in all chiropractic health centers everywhere is to say, look, there's an old science that made you a victim. And there's a new science that, that brings you back. Uh, and I love it because it turns out what's the interface between the cells in the world they live in that controls them and the interface is the nervous system. And, of course, this has been the whole emphasis of chiropractic is that if you have a distortion in the communication of the nervous system to the target cells so that the signals coming from the brain going to the target cells is interfered with, then by definition, uh, you will interfere with the health of the individual. And this is, uh, you know, why I'm so, uh, you know, behind the chiropractic movement, because it's basically is that's where 90 percent of the issues of this planet come from. And, and so getting your nervous system in, in, in tone, in harmony, in vibration, in alignment, uh, this is very critical as well as uh, taking care of the nutrition and the diet. And this becomes very critical as well because we, we talked about, okay, maybe Jesus can uh, eat Twinkies and smoke cigarettes, but if you're not Jesus, uh, maybe you shouldn't eat Twinkies and smoke <laughs> cigarettes. Uh, and, and basically, until we get at a higher level of consciousness, then the the best thing you can do is is like <laughs> feed your cells as good as you feed your pets, actually, is probably the best statement. That's a good most, point. most people take care of their pets far better and buy them much better quality food than they buy for themselves. And, and the fact is this is, but your cells, and this we didn't mention, but a human body is made out of 50 trillion cells uh, underneath our skin. We have this 50 trillion cell population and cells are like miniature people and we feed them with uh, our nourishment and what we put into the blood, which is uh, what we put into the food. Uh, I mean, the food that we put into the system as well as the information that comes from the nervous system into the blood. So the blood is the culture medium for 50 trillion cells and the nervous system and the digestive system are the primary elements that uh, uh, determine the, the, the capacity and the, uh, you know, the quality of that nutrient, the, the blood to our cells, because in turn, it's the quality of the, of the blood with the appropriate signals and the appropriate nutrition that, that makes the cell healthy or not. And that's, all the a, that's, that's a great point to wrap on there, wrap up on there, Bruce. It's unfortunate that we only have 30 minutes with you because I think we could have 10 days with you. It's amazing. <laughs> we might have to get you on one of our retreats, I think. Now, if anybody's looking for more information from Bruce, and I'm sure you are because I certainly am, um, go, to, go, go to Bruce's website, which is uh, brucelipton.com. Easy, www, that's three Ws, dot brucelipton.com. <laughs> Those of you who know what I mean, know what I mean. Uh, and then if you want to go and study chiropractic, then one of the greater colleges in the world is uh, the New Zealand College of Chiropractic. And it's, it's, in, it's even better that, um, that Bruce actually teaches there. So Bruce actually teaches <laughs> at the New Zealand College, and uh, that, that adds a lot of credence to it. And it's, it is a great college uh, down here, down under. But the new book that's coming out for Bruce is The Honeymoon Effect. Uh, you can buy that, and he will sign it. And it's, it's a, pre, a pre-release edition um, available, up, I think, up until about April 10. Is that correct? So you've got that's to get on there pretty yeah. quick. 
All right. You know, and I so appreciate the, the plug for New Zealand uh, College because uh, uh, it, it's one of the uh, most advanced because it really is talking about the new biology, the new quantum physics, the new energy, and, uh, and the power of uh, personal empowerment. And that's really, I think, the message that you guys are, are really uh, bringing to the public and it's so critical is that if you want to take care of your health, then you can have great health. Thank you so much, Bruce. It's been absolutely fantastic. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Wow, that was a fascinating interview, guys. Um, you guys, you guys definitely rocked it. So it's, uh, I, I hope you guys really enjoyed that. I know that my mind was blown by Bruce Lipton stuff, and uh, I think we're going to need to get him back on hopefully before you know. Not you just want to have. You just want to be able to interview him. That's all. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> you you know. just want a piece of him. <laughs> I want a piece of him. So as always, guys, join us next week on the uh, Wellness Guy Show. Go to www.dwellnesscouch.com. Leave <laughs> comments below this episode and tell us what you think about Bruce. And more importantly, um, tell us what you think about you know just having thoughts and belief changing your biochemistry. And uh, I think we'll love for for us to kind of continue this conversation on Facebook. And uh, you can find us there. And as always. Go to our iTunes site and make sure you subscribe and always give us a five-star rating if if you deserve it. Until next week, guys, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch. Streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out here. You know that your health is a direct reflection of your peer group, right? So have you thought about bringing a group of people to our Melbourne Wellness Summit? Your colleagues, your friends or your family? We've got great packages for 10 or more people to the summit, which will be held at Crown in Melbourne on Saturday, August 17. It's going to be 10 hours of powerhouse wellness featuring my Wellness Guys teammates, of course, the Up For A Chat girls, world-class exhibits, and loads more. For group discounts and to secure your spot, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com.